Welcome to the CCUPC Cutting Room Floor, where we try to connect Sunday to the weekday. I'm Pastor James. And I'm Pastor Dina. And this week, we are finally wrapping up our 14-week series on the new mission statement, Expanding Christ's Community Through Worship, Discipleship, and Relationship. We're kind of ending where uh, we have been for the past couple weeks in the book of Ephesians. Uh, This past week, we talked about Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. That wraps up the first half of Ephesians. Uh, and we talked on the, the couple of prior verses in chapter three as well. Um, and so we're, we're bringing together these ideas of worship, discipleship, and relationship, and trying to, I tried to cast a vision of what we would look like if we lived into this vision. And so, Pastor Dina, what did you hear in that? What stuck out to you? Um, were there any gaps in, in, uh, in that vision? Um, Oh, and what are things that we need to, to look at further? I mean, because it's a, it's a big vision, and I didn't feel like I could come close to exhausting it in a wrap-up sermon. Yeah, I think, and, and as you know, I wasn't in worship here on Sunday because I had the Sunday off. And fortunately, we were celebrating my parents' 50th wedding anniversary. Congratulations. Yay. That's fun. It was great. Um, it's so good to, to celebrate to celebrate and not be together at a funeral and to welcome people from every aspect of their life. And, and so I was reflecting on that as I listened to this sermon and this idea of, of preparing for God and desiring God. And I had the, the privilege of renewing my parents' wedding vows. And I mm. made the comment that I was in college before I realized that not everyone's parents who were still married actually liked each other. <laughs> and, you know, I'm fortunate to say that my, my parents do like each other and they, they want to spend time together. And you brought that out so so beautifully in talking about how you'd been separated from your family and your heart longed to be back with them and you were excited to be back yeah. with them. And that, I mean, that's that's the picture of a good, healthy relationship that longing to be together and and I was thinking about about our longing for God and that idea that that that's what we were created for we were designed for that kind of longing to be in God's presence to to dance like David did as we talked a couple weeks ago <laughs> to uh, to be filled with joy at the presence of God, to be filled with the comfort of God's presence in terrible things. Um, and and I, so I guess my the question as I was listening, you know, how do we cultivate that desire? How do we cultivate that that longing, that that sense of of yearning after God's presence, the way the deer pants for the water the Mm. way we want you know do we want god's presence more than than gold or silver and you know do we believe that only god can satisfy those things um those those are hard questions yeah that uh, and that's a fantastic question because and and those are some of the things that i couldn't couldn't get into um because i had time limits Mm -hmm. um but um you know uh, you know the we so often i think we want to have warm feelings towards something before we actually start it and um sometimes we actually have to do the thing before we 
before we actually have the warm feelings for it. Yeah. You know, it was very interesting. Um, so, uh, going to my family again, last, uh, uh, we're in fall now in the spring, Ian played baseball mm. and he did it. And I didn't think he was going to continue with it. And so he surprised us when we said, you know, Hey, there's fall ball. Do you want to play? And he said, yes. And I thought, really? <laughs> I mean, which is, you know, a horrible thought as a parent. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, he had done it. And so he, he wanted to do it more. Um, and so I think sometimes we think we have to have the, the feeling first mm-hmm. before we actually engage in the relationship. And, and, and that's not the case. It's not the case practically. It's not the case scripturally as, as well. You know, Abraham wasn't like, Hey, you know, I'm dissatisfied with my local gods. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, there are uh, people who were, you know, uh, um, Peter, um, uh, Peter wasn't like, you know, fishing's going bad. I wish mm-hmm. there were something else. I wish someone would walk down the road and call me to follow them. Yeah, exactly. So those weren't exactly the things they, they did it and they grew into it. And so I think that's one of the things that we need to say right up front is if someone said, you know, I don't feel it to me, that's okay. That's, that's fine. We don't have to be, you know, lock, stock, and barrel 100% in, woo, go Jesus, and you have the pennant and swinging it. The big foam finger and all that, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. Well, and and practically, too, again, you know, to bring it back to where where I've been spending time in my life preparing for this celebration, I made the comment to my parents, too, that when they were 21 and they turned towards each other and joined their hands and promised to love in sickness and in health for better or for worse rich or poor till death do us part they had no idea what life would bring their way they had no idea the joys that would come they had no idea the challenges that would come but but they made these promises in faith expecting that they were going to be able to fulfill them in, in into the future um you know, and I know, I mean, I, I lived with them, so I know that there were days where it was not easy. It was not, yeah. um, it was not romantic and beautiful and perfect. It was a <laughs> lot of work and a lot of struggle. Um, and, and I think you know, as we long after God too, as, as you said, like we should start, we should start knowing that, that this is the, the starting line and not a culmination that, that, that we don't, we can't fully yet fathom what life desiring God will look like or life in God's presence will look, Mm. look like, but we, we continue to work towards it and, and make decisions each day and, and endure the ups and downs, praying that that strengthens our relationship with God the way it does in a marriage that, that, last 50 years instead of weakens it. Um, and, and those are hard things. I think because sometimes when, when we hear, you know, you had used the, the example about preparing for God, the way we prepare for a holiday or, um, the, you know, I was thinking of the time and effort that we spend on all the various things in our lives. And do we, do we put that same time and effort into a relationship with our creator. But, but in doing that, 
I've I've seen those things used as guilt tactics. Well, you yeah. know, if you're willing to spend this amount of money on going to the movies, shouldn't you be willing to give that same amount of money to the church? Or if you're willing to spend two hours, you know, on the side of a ball field, shouldn't you be willing to spend that time in church? And I don't I don't like those kinds of comparisons because that reduces our faith to our our own actions well and it's it, like you said it's it's totally guilt driven yeah um, and, and that's not supposed to be the, our relationship with god yeah yeah the whole cross thing helped with that yeah exactly um but i do think that it is healthy and good to to take stock of where we spend our time and yeah. effort and money and resources and brain power and and all those things. So it, it again, it's it's a strange kind of balance between not letting not letting the works overtake everything, so that it just comes down to, well, I was in church, so I'm good. I worked this many hours at the spaghetti dinner, so I'm good. But also realizing that those things inform our relationship with God, that it's a give and take kind of kind of thing i don't know if i'm saying that no clearly or not yeah no i i think you you use the phrase take stock and i think that's a a good re, a good phrase to use because businesses do inventory to mm-hmm. make sure that what they say they have on hand is actually what they have on hand mm-hmm. it, it it closes the gap between the 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 what they think and what is reality mm. and and i think that's what a good self-assessment does it is it shows us okay, is what I say, I love God. Therefore, I, I, you know, I'm, you know, God is the most important thing in my life. But then if I do an inventory and I find out like, oh, I spend probably actually five minutes in concerted prayer a day, but I spend an hour and a half a day watching the Great British Baking Show. (laughs) Not that that would be an actual thing. Um, But uh, (laughs) no one does that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, um, but, uh, you know, and I say, oh, wow, I spend a lot more time watching the the reruns of this than I do engaging with someone who I believe is the most important part of my life. Does that actually add up? Mm-hmm. Okay, what what do I need to do and, and what values, what changes do I need to make so that my what I say actually lines up with 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 who I am and what I value mm-hmm. and and that's an important thing to to do I mean it's being honest about our lives yeah yeah and and that applies to so many parts of our lives all that are lived in a life of faith as we think about our parenting relationships and our our familial relationships thinking about okay I, you know I say I'm parenting my child and want them to grow up to be people of character and all that how much time am I actually spending mm. doing those things how many time how how much time am I actually spending honoring my father and mother the that I think especially in a in a world that moves so fast and has so much and we've talked in the past about margin you know I just mm. put all the the school stuff and sports stuff and dance <laughs> stuff in my calendar and thought, oh my gosh, not only do we not have margin, uh, we're overflowing. Uh, <laughs> I have so, negative margin. Yeah. So it, in a world that's moving so fast, it is hard to pause and take 
take stock and and evaluate that that we're spinning so much out of control and i think our life in the church can be like that mm. too and i know we've we've remarked about it in the office we have 47 irons in the fire right now and we have a giant calendar on our wall that is completely covered for the rest of 2023 and we've already started marking up 2024 and trying to figure out where to shoehorn stuff in and and so it's hard then to be self-critical it's hard self-critical and church critical to say as a church is where where we're spending our time helping us to grow in in these things that we've spent 14 weeks studying relationship worship discipleship that are, are where are we spending our resources are is how we're using our building speaking to what who we say we want to be i think my biggest fear for this series would be for us to wrap up and to have people say well that was a nice series mm-hmm. and for it to never impact anything again yeah yeah i would agree and, and, and I think that's the, I think that's the fear of every pastor that, you know, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, but yeah, we've got to take a look at what we have and, and who we are and, and what we're doing, um, to make those things happen and realizing the, the one thought that I wanted to throw in there is most of us want the feelings to come instantaneously mm-hmm. and we want it to be like a light switch. And I had this, um, <clears throat> excuse me. I had this um, the, this image given to me, like, okay, you have a light switch which turns things on just instantaneously. The power is either on or it's off. The mm-hmm. lights are on or they are off, unless you have CFLs, in which case <laughs> it takes a while. Yeah. Um, whereas, again, I'm going to make another reference that's really going to date me here. <laughs> um, but uh, there used to be these things called rheostats. I don't even think I know. What oh that is. gosh! All right. So there used to be rheostats, and that that was the thing that controlled. It's kind of like a thermostat, but it brought the temp up really slowly. Okay. Um, and so like you turned the rheostat to the to the correct temperature, and then the temp would follow. Okay. Um, and so it wasn't instantaneous. Uh, a thermostat, I think, was the next upgrade. Okay. In in the series of things, so. Yeah. Uh, might have to cut that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, or like I used to work on the technical side of the, of the theater in high school. Mm. And so like on the light board, we could time our dimmers for as long as four minutes long to mm. make that, that we could throw the switch, but it would actually make the crossfade four minutes long. Yeah. And so it take you, you can, you can move the, the, the slider all you want. It's still going to take four minutes. Yeah. And isn't that so true of all of life? I mean, we turn out 22-year-old college graduates and put them in a, in a classroom and say, you're the teacher now. And, <laughs> but it takes time. I mean, the, we, the same is true of a pastor. Hey, here's, here's your church. Here's your shiny new pastor. Okay. You know, but it still takes time to grow into those roles. It takes time to cultivate what a good strong teacher does or what a good strong pastor does or what a good strong parent does or um you know any relationship takes time to develop into what it is going to be and so when we when we think we can just jump with both feet into a deep 
relationship with God, I think to me that that's what leads to frustration. That's what leads to feelings of I'm not good enough. You know, ugh, you know, I skipped my quiet time today. Well, you know, of, co- of course, like we're, we're human. It takes time to cultivate these things. It takes time to, to grow. And yet at the same time, this is what we've been created for. So there's something that feels natural about it too. Yeah. And I think you keep saying relationship and that's a good thing because for some reason we treat, we treat God a little bit differently. Like we want it to be that light switch where, where things are on. And it may be, it may have something to do with Sometimes we are seeking, you know, God's response and God's input in times of crisis. Mm -hmm. And so we think it's urgent to me. Therefore, God, if you are there, if you exist, you're going to answer Mm -hmm. right now. And, um, you know, that doesn't always, you know, our timing is not God's timing and it's not even true in a relationship, you know, er, you know, an emergency on my part is not a crisis on, on, on yours. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, we need to recognize that sometimes God is going to say, it's all right. It can wait. Yeah. You know, my boys, oh my gosh, they, they have a thought and there is zero filter between their brain and their mouth. (laughs) Yeah. And it could be, you know, Katie and I are talking and like, like audibly talking to each yeah. other and they just walk in and it's like they have no awareness of it, awareness of us. And they just start speaking mm-hmm. and we turn and we look and we're like, we're in the middle of a conversation. Yeah. Is the house on fire? No. All right. Wait your turn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and even if the house is fi- on fire, like, can you handle it? Yeah, yeah. You're bleeding. Can a Band-Aid fix it? Then take care of yourself. You know where the Band-Aids are. I'm hungry. You know where the fridge is. Yeah. And, you know, you think of of relationships, friendships. I I think, I'm sure if if we're honest, everyone has friendships where it's more one-sided than the other. And you think of the, um, then the the resentment that, that slowly... Builds, I think, on both parties as as the person being asked of so much is finally like, I'm I'm not, I'm not getting as much. That makes it sound really selfish, but you know, this is really one sided, and I'm being asked to put out a lot more than what I'm receiving, and so there's resentment. And then, you know, as that person pulls back, the person that keeps asking isn't getting as much, and so there's resentment. And I think when we treat God as it's kind of a genie. Yeah. It builds resentment on both sides. Where were you, God, when I needed you? Um, you know, I don't I don't think resentment is one of the qualities yeah. of God, but right. but still like there's this brokenness in a in the in the relationship that that when we treat it as as a transactional kind of thing, I'm just going to ask you for what I need and then I expect you to deliver it exactly as I prescribed. When that doesn't happen, then we don't know what to do with that. And we had talked in the past about disappointment with God, about our expectations not being met. That To me, that's some of the brokenness that comes from not, you know, I know it's a churchy word, but abiding in God and that, mm. that you know, that Not having constant, a relationship. Yeah, not having a relationship, not cultivating the sense of God's presence in our life in all the things so that when things really do fall apart, it's not 
It's not new. It's not a, I mean, you would use the phrase, if you're there, God. And, you know, that's, that's telling in and of itself that we start those kinds of requests with, not sure you're actually there, but if you are, do what I want. Well, and or what I need. Well, and that's the thing. So like, as you're talking about this, like if I have a friend who only shows up when they need something, Mm -hmm. like I'm eventually going to question, is this person actually a friend or are they just someone who shows up when they need something? Yeah. Um, and when you have a God who wants a relationship, like to show up only when you need something is not a relationship. Yeah. That is a one way street. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's a, that's a bank with unlimited withdrawal, uh, you know, uh, rights. Yeah. And, and, and I think Jesus talks about this in both in a direct teaching and in a parable, you know, he, t- he teaches about it when he says, you know, um, there are going to be people that say, Lord, I did this for you and I did this for you and I did this for you. And wasn't I so good? Uh, and Jesus is going to say, I, I didn't know you because mm-hmm. you didn't actually have a relationship with me. You did those things because you wanted to get something out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other, the, the parable on that is the, in Luke, uh, is it 14, 15, uh, the parable of the prodigals, mm-hmm. uh, the older brother is a prime example of this. He did a lot for his father, but he had absolutely no affection for and really no relationship with his father except in that he wanted stuff out of his father yeah and that these and these are hard things to ask and i'm asking not just of our church but you know the corporate big c church yeah do we act as though god owes us something because of the work we've done and uh, you know i'm thinking of things that start things especially in the church that start as joy and then turn into burden and obligation the things Mm -hmm. that start with a passion and a vision and a and a wide view of what where the presence of god is in the middle in the midst of it and and then turn into drudgery and something else we have to do i you we've been talking a lot about our buildings i think for a a lot of churches like just you know we have to do this to keep the building heated and the lights on and and it becomes a a a drudgery of just keeping keeping things functioning and not that desire for god's presence in the midst of in the midst of keeping the lights on like it which i guess is kind of why we part of why we spent so much time talking about this purpose statement like why do we exist as mm-hmm. a church yeah if it's just to maintain a, a pretty decent building that does a couple of nice things and hosts some outside groups then what where is the the presence of god in the midst of that so we need i know i often need called back to no we're doing this because we believe that the presence of God changes things. We're doing these things because the worship of God changes our hearts. We're doing these things because discipleship helps others to know the peace and love and joy and, and grace and forgiveness and comfort that comes from a relationship with God. It's not just to keep the lights on or to say we had this many meetings this week or this year. Yeah. Well, I think you're getting into to um, 
you're getting into a lot of what I think is behind the Tozer um, reference that I made. I talked about Tozer saying that we've created a system where we can say that we accept Jesus, which is not actually in the Bible where you accept. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But have Jesus actually picked you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but we have absolutely no warmth, mm-hmm. or no affection for God, and we create programs. We don't make disciples, and and I think a lot of that goes to that that what's beneath or have we gotten to the point where we have forgotten why we exist our reason for being and we're just kind of keeping the machinery going and I think some people woke up to that and were like I don't really want to keep a religious machine going mm-hmm. and I and I think it was in the sermon too that you mentioned it's not just about our eternal destiny that it's not Mm-mm. like okay let's 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 do these things so that, you know, we don't have to suffer in hell for all of eternity. And, but we have so much of faith formation and, and, and that idea of accepting Jesus has turned into that. And, you know, I'm thinking of a church on a main or main road, not far from here that had on its sign, you know, can you afford to be wrong about eternity? (laughs) Ew. You know, that. I get it, but right. is that really the the, uh, the best part of a relationship with God? I would say no. That that the presence of God in our life now and the promise of God's near presence in the in the life to come go hand in hand. Yes, absolutely. I mean, because I, I, I mean, and I forget which article it was I was reading, but and I mentioned it to you in the in the office. But this idea that like part of what our faith does is it it answers the question how can i actually be in relationship with the holy god mm-hmm. yeah um and and so it's not simply how do i get out of how do i get out of jail free how do i get out of hell yeah. free card um but it's how do i actually live in the presence of a holy god right now and how am i able to to cultivate that cultivate that relationship here and now and not just you know um, oh, I'll figure it out when I, when I actually get there. Yeah. And you know, so that you don't think I'm just slamming the contemporary church or our church, this goes all the way back to Paul and the idea that oh, gosh, just yes. because, you know, just because of the grace of Christ doesn't mean you just get to do whatever you want. Yeah. You know, it's not just this idea of, phew, I'm forgiven. So let's go, you know, let's, let's <laughs> party, let's do whatever um, whatever our, our flesh tells us that we want to do in this moment, um, no good relationship includes that kind of thinking that, you know, as you said, you know, if you were in a relationship and said, well, I'll spend an hour a week with you, um, and I'll accept your hospitality for maybe like 15 to 20 minutes afterwards, but only if I don't have somewhere else to rush off to, you know, n- nobody, no friendship, no marriage relationship, really not, not even a strong parent child relationship. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Could, could form that way. Um, and, and so, you know, the church has been battling these ideas throughout time that, yeah. that God is a genie that just grants forgiveness through the cross. Like, phew, you know, because of Jesus, God doesn't see my sin. So let's go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, and and that's uh, I, 
And, and that's the, the first point there that I made, that, that, you know, we become this temple of God. We get God's presence in the present um, through this deep transformation. And so I think one of the outworkings of our, of our mission statement is that people would be deeply transformed to experience the presence of God in their life in the present. Mm-hmm. And so this is going to, you know, this is going to affect our attitude towards time, as you've been talking about, mm-hmm. um, especially for those of us who are parents right now. Um, it's going to affect our, our relationship to our monetary resources mm-hmm. and what we strive for in life, mm-hmm. our sense of purpose. Um, it's going to affect, you know, our relationships with other people and it's going to, and all of these things. So I think deeply transformed lives, you know, gospel, gospel centered lives that show not just transformation, but then the love of Christ to other people as well. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, cultivating that sense of God's presence in our life in the here and now is what enables us to endure living in a broken world where sin is a real and present Mm. force. I know I have thought many times, man, if I didn't believe that somehow God was in the midst of this alongside of me and these people that are suffering, if somehow God isn't going to redeem all of this, then what are we even doing? Then, you know, how do you even survive some you know the the hard things that life brings and can throw because it's not because we live in a broken sinful well, world. how would you make sense of it I, right. I think that's the question for me is like yeah. how do you make sense of this because and and you know the old testament brings this out so much ecclesiastes and um the psalms like mm-hmm. how do you then make sense of the fact that like evil people prosper yeah like people who do awful things to um to less economically advanced less less uh, you know Mm -hmm. people who have less you you know they do that there's oppression all over the place there is Mm -hmm. there is difficulty all people are taking advantage of people left and right yeah and like how does that stand how do you even make sense of that and and, i mean we pretend like we're better than the ancients we're not but we're not i mean Come on, it's just we've we've put lipstick on the pig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry if that is, yeah. are we allowed to use that phrase anymore? I don't know. Um so if we're not just go back and 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 fast forward through that yeah. so that you don't hear it. Um And I know sometimes as we're in the midst of all these systems we can feel powerless. You know, as we mention economically advantaged people that take advantage of the disadvantaged you know how do we how do we not like how do we not buy clothing that was made in on the backs of someone else how do we not buy food that that someone wasn't exploited you know it's almost impossible to eliminate all those things and yet like we started with where we spend our time and resources and priorities sometimes I think the first step is just taking stock of where we are complicit in in these things and and that can draw us closer to god as we say okay well maybe i don't need that fast fashion because i know that a 10 year old somewhere in the world is working 18 hours a day to get it to me 
maybe I don't, you know, maybe I don't need all the excess that I have. Um, and, and again, I think, I think God is calling us to be, to evaluate every part of our lives in relationship with who we've been called to be as someone who loves our neighbors and loves our enemies and, and protects the poor and the widow and the orphan. Um, and, and again, as we said, you know, these feelings, the, these, we're not going to be perfect at this right away, but sometimes we have to take that first step of saying, okay, I'm not going to buy clothes from this site that I know for sure is not a reputable site. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to buy three of these sweaters just because they're on sale and I can get them all for, you know, Mm. for 50% off. Um, These are hard things, but, but little Little steps like that, I think, bring us closer to who God created us to be. Little steps of devotion bring us closer to relationship with God. And, you know, we're we're never going to get it 100% right because we live in a broken yeah. world. Yeah. And yet we're called to move, start moving in these directions. Yeah, I really went off kind of on a tangent there. But it really yeah. was inspired by what you were saying in terms of like... Um, you know, people who, who don't, how do we make sense of this world mm-hmm. then? Yeah. And it, because there are so, cause no one's hands are clean despite, you know, trying to create better and better societies for however many, however many millennia, like we've been trying to improve our situation and, and we, we still are just in a quagmire. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what do we do with that? And, and, and I think, recognizing the presence of God and, and, and saying, okay, we don't have it all together. Mm -hmm. And that's part of that deep transformation and saying like, I don't have the answers. And so I'm willing to try what you are calling me to and Mm -hmm. to find your presence in my life then, um, and to live into that relationship and what that would look like, Mm -hmm. um, I think provides, um, it, it provides the way that things are, were supposed to be for, for lack of a, a better way to, to put it. Um, and so that's, that's why I harp on transformation so much yeah. is because, you know, a relationship with God, I think naturally needs to, that naturally needs to, to be a result mm-hmm. of it. And I think, I think a lot of times as we've talked about the people outside the church or people who be, have become disillusioned with the church, as we look at the stats again on, on, why people have an obstacle to faith is because they're not seeing that deep transformation, but they're seeing us that too many of us have had a deep affection for the system of religion Mm -hmm. and not with the, the object of our faith. Yeah. So, which gets us to our whole prior conversation. Right. And, and I do think that that is a wake up call to the church to say, our, is what we say matching up with who we are and what we're doing that if, you know, we'd mentioned it last week too. If, if nearly half the pop population is saying, I don't want to have anything to do with the church, then we need to take notice and say, church, have, have, have we lost our vision? Have we lost our purpose? Um, 
you know, some of that, of course, comes from, again, the, the broken world that that um, is not always aligned with who God is and, and the, the difficult things that the church is called to do and say. And, um, but, but I also think that the church, especially the American church needs to think about, think about how we're acting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And as we take a look at what Paul said here in Ephesians, like if you notice, he doesn't even mention the church. Mm -hmm. He just says you. And, and it's very, very Christocentric. It is very, very warm in its affection. And it's very, very, um, um, it, it, it's just very, very deep in its, in its desire for the Ephesians. You know, it, this idea that, um, you know, out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit and your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I mean, oh my gosh, that's like when I got done reading this passage, I wanted people in the sanctuary to say amen. Like there, yeah. there was part of me that was like, hello. Yeah. <laughs> but because there's so much, yes, there's deep theology, but there is deep, like this is someone Paul knows and loves. Mm-hmm. And he wants the Ephesians to know and love him too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I know the phrase that keeps sticking out to me is, you know, being rooted and established in love. And, I mean, and isn't that really the the desire that is at the root of our longing for God to be rooted and established in the love of Christ that, that we can't even grasp how wide, long, and high, and deep it is. But to feel that that sense of mooring and that sense of of mission and call and, and sending out that I think this passage gets at really yeah. well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I did have just a couple things that hit the cutting room floor, oh, as yeah. you might imagine. Um, first of all, um, I cut out a little bit on, um, I talked about the presence of God and I talked about um, Genesis, mm-hmm. um, but the reality is that re- uh, Revelation also paints the picture of the presence of God being active with us in eternity. Um, you know, the New Jerusalem, there's no night. Um, mm. God's presence is there with us. We are the temple of God. At that point, there is no physical temple mm. anymore. And so we see that being played out. Uh, you know, you have creation, um, and we are able to stand in the presence of, presence of God, and we are the temple of God there. But then we mess it up we mess Mm -hmm. up the temple yeah we make it unholy and so a holy god can't reside there and so you have the physical temple where okay we're going to consecrate this one place Mm -hmm. that um that god's presence can kind of crack in yeah um and and then what happens well jesus you know the curtain of the temple is ripped and then we see in the in the um in the end that that there will be no physical temple anymore um, and so that was one of the things that, that got caught this idea that th- it wasn't, I wasn't just pulling this theology out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It's just that we don't emphasize it yeah. very much. We don't talk about ourselves being the temple of God. Yeah. Um, and so we don't talk about Christ's presence residing in us now, um, as the earth, as the, the only present earthly temple there is, mm-hmm. um, for God, um, which should help us to to 
work through that like oh i'm not working to get something i am working because i want to be in relationship with the holy god and this is how we do it mm-hmm. um and then the other thing that got cut is this really funny phrase you know paul says i i pray i kneel before the father um from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. So there was a they there was a little play on words in the Greek there, mm. um, because in um, uh, family would have been potter familius. Okay. Uh, so he kneels before the potter, uh, from whom the potter familius gains its name. Mm. So he's he's putting a play on words, saying that like we all have been given our name by by God, mm-hmm. like he is the ultimate father in the ultimate family. Um, and so, um, he, he's kind of, there are some, there are some cultural references that he's making there, mm-hmm. but just to say that like, you know, this is, this is who we go to. Yeah. And this is who, this is who binds us together as one family. Yeah. Which again, brings us back to our, our mission statement that, that we, to expand Christ's community, Christ is the common denominator christ is the the thing that brings us together it's not the building it's not the the way we arrange our sanctuary it's not the different things that we do as an organization it's christ that the fact that we're presbyterian yeah um that that that's where our our rootedness in love comes from that's where our rootedness in each other comes from that's where relationship comes from and it's it's easier than it should be to be distracted from that, I think. Yeah. Especially, you know, we, we began the series talking about relationship, and part of that was relationship with other churches and the way we define ourselves mm. over and against other churches. But, uh, you know, as you talk about these Greek words in the play, like our rootedness comes in God. It shouldn't matter whether we're presbyterian or methodist or non-denominational or we worship this way or we worship that way it's it's god and the love of christ that that unites us together yeah yeah so that those were some of the the big things um there was more that got cut it it got mentally cut as i went (laughs) through some of the the uh commentaries but um no, that was, like I said, that was the vision of mm-hmm. people deeply transform, people deeply in the love of Christ and, and people that rely on God's power yeah, um, for everyday living. Yeah. And so I think, you know, as, as we mentioned, this sermon was a sum up of where we've spent our whole summer. You know, ideally, everything we do as a church and as people should kind of go through this rubric of is this helping to expand Christ's community is this helping to root and establish me in the love of Christ is this in helping me to engage in worship of the holy god or discipleship of others or build relationships that again have that that root of Christ and i think if as a church we can do that then i think some of our our struggles will will fade away that that mm. sense of are we going to have enough are is there going to be enough help is there going to be enough money is there going to be enough time you know when we're when we're following where we believe God is calling us 
then I think it's a little easier to trust that there will be enough. There will be yeah. that, that somehow God is going to use our efforts and use those things. Maybe not in the way we think, maybe <laughs> not in the timing we think, uh, but that, that if we're being faithful to this mission that we feel called to, then for God's part of the relationship, we're, we're going to, you know, in us and through us, God's going to do more than we can ask or imagine. Yeah. Which is super exciting. And, and the reason I decided the reason part of my sense of call to being a pastor is, you know, is this idea that, that God is going to do something bigger than anything I could fathom. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I think, I think we've come to the end of our time and actually this is going to be a wrap technically on season one of the podcast. Um, thank you for listening. Um, it really is a joy to put this together. Mm -hmm. Um, they're fun discussions. They're things that we just wanted to, you know, kind of flesh out more and, and it really started with office conversations that were like, we wish people could hear this part of the conversation too. Um, and, uh, hopefully we've brought you into a, a bit of that and hopefully it helps you to, to actually live out what we're trying to, to preach and teach, uh, through the scriptures, um, and connect to, to your everyday life. I know I have a lot of fun yeah. <laughs> talking through these things and, Me too. and so, um, yeah, it, give us some feedback, uh, come on and be a guest. We've got three slots in October where we could use a, a, yeah. a guest, um, a guest, um, uh, conversation partner. And so, uh, if you're listening and want to be a part of that, please drop us a line. Um, but, uh, I think any final thoughts there, Pastor Nina? I don't think so. Well, in that case, for the last time on season one, if you have found this episode <laughs> helpful, would you please leave a rating review, uh, and then share it on whatever social media platform you are using so others can discover it more easily. We actually had our best month yet in in August. Uh, we had over 350 people uh, in August to, uh, listen to the podcast, and so mm-hmm. we're really hoping that that helps. Um, we'd love to for more people to discover that and, and discover uh, life in Christ and, and discover the presence of God in our lives right now. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, share rate and review also click that subscribe button wherever you get your podcast that way you anytime we drop a new episode you can get it we really appreciate it until next time which is just going to be next week i'm pastor james (laughs) and i'm pastor dina and we hope this helps you connect sunday to the weekday